This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, just a friendly reminder that January 12th through the 18th, Hillbilly Horror Stories will be doing our Lifetime Patreon Membership Drive. You'll just go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. There will be a PayPal link to be able to donate $50. In exchange, we will give you a link that you will paste into whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and that will give you complete access to every episode that we've ever done which is over 500 episodes so far it will also get you two full monthly episodes that are only for patreon users it will get you 24 short episodes every single month as well as ad free versions of all the regular episodes that we put up throughout the week on the free feed After this donation, you will never have to spend another penny on any of the Patreon services offered as long as we're doing this show and we have no intentions on stopping anytime soon. If you're already a current Patreon subscriber, yes, you can stop your subscription and donate the $50 and receive the full benefits and be able to save yourself a couple of bucks throughout the year. This will also entitle you to lifetime 20% off discount on any and all merchandise. You just have to contact us first so we can make the changes in the system. Thank you guys so much for everything you do for us. We love you. We thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Hey guys, welcome to episode 177 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you taking a shortcut? What? Well, we record so many of these things that I've... Couldn't remember if it was the midweek or if it was the hillbilly short or... Oh. So... Brain fart. Yeah, exactly. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? So, we got a cool story this week. Once we get into the show, it's from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And other than the Stanley Hotel, I don't know if we've done a story from Colorado. So, my voice is still semi-shot. So, we'll get through the best we can, but it's getting there. Yeah, it's Way, better. way, way better than it was. First of all, we want to thank all of our military civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. Thank you for keeping us safe. We're thinking about you guys this holiday season. So, again, thank you guys for all that you do for us. I want to uh, address a couple of quick things. But first and foremost, I dropped the ball on something last week. So, I want to make that right. So I want to be kind of special about this. I had a young lady by the name of Angela write me and say her wife is like the biggest hillbilly horror story fan. Oh, thank you. And when we followed her on Instagram, it was like a major deal to her. And she talked about it all day that we followed her on Instagram. And Angela wrote me and said, look, Erica's birthday's coming up. She's a very special young lady. I wish I could do a thousand different things for 
money's a little tight right now, like it is for a lot of us. Of course. And, you know, it would mean a lot if you guys could wish her happy birthday. And I completely, with the cold and, and screwing up episodes and screwing up our recording and stuff, it totally slipped my mind, and I did not wish Erica a happy birthday. Well, dang. So, I just want to make sure that in since we had an oversight, that we give the very best birthday wish possible to Erica from Angela and from us. I've had a chance to meet, uh, talk to Erica a little bit mm-hmm. this week, and she's an absolute sweetheart. And I just want to say, first of all, sorry that I forgot your birthday, but I want to give you from the deepest parts of my heart a very sincere, happy, belated birthday, Erica, and thank you for being a listener. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Erica. Happy birthday to you. There you go. Happy birthday, Erica. Happy birthday, beautiful. Hopefully that made up for us forgetting. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as usual, we want to remind people it is the holiday time. This is a time when a lot of people um, that suffer depression, it really hits extremely hard for them. We just want to make sure that you know that we care. We're out here. We're thinking about you. Even if we don't talk to you personally, we are wishing that every one of you guys have the easiest time possible with dealing with this time of year uh, if you've struggled in the past. I must say I'm having a really hard time this year. Like, really, really hard. So, I'm trying to get past it. And it's hard. So, I'm trying to get into the Christmas spirit. And I just think, you know, i got my grandbabies and my family. So, I'm very happy about that. If any of you guys need to talk or anything like that, please feel free to, you know, send us a message. You can call us on our phone. Um and if you'd rather not do that, um, or you want to be anonymous or whatever, you can call 800-273-8255. And if you would like to text, it's 741-741. But just remember, we're all here for you guys. And uh, don't feel you know ashamed or afraid to reach out to us or, yeah. or to our group because they are wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's de- there's definitely no shame in having feelings of depression it's mm-hmm. you know it's no different than having diabetes it's no different than yeah you know having any other illness that you might have uh, and so. by the way diabetes is getting on my damn nerves let me just tell you it's really getting on my nerves but anyway <laughs> that's all i have to say about that <laughs> okay let's jump into this story so i was watching some old videos from the tv show sightings one of my favorite all-time shows but we'll get in that a little more so i ran across one that was a log cabin in the black forest in colorado and that's in the colorado springs area mm-hmm. this was a story that i was unfamiliar with so i did a little further research on it and it was it's like a gold mine of of activity and stuff to talk about so it's perfect so not only is the home supposedly haunted but Possibly the entire forest that surrounds it. Oh, it sounds like it would be haunted. Black forest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love their cake. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so some have called it a portal to hell. 
because of all the activity that goes on. Of course, we've heard that before, but mm-hmm. our story is going to focus on Steve Lee and his family who moved into a home, this log cabin, in 1990. It was very secluded. Of course, it was surrounded by woods. To him and his family, it was a dream home. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. So Steve, his wife, Beth, and their two boys were pretty much a normal family. They had rented homes in the area before, and then they eventually found this beautiful two-story log home in the most secluded part of the woods, and it was right off Swan Road. So they, <laughs> A yeah. log cabin off Swan Road. Come on now. <laughs> So they leased the home with an option to buy it, and it had five acres and everything on there that, that came with the home. Yeah. So they decided after living there about a year that they wanted to buy the home, and that's what they did. So after buying the home, that's when the problems began. Now, why is that always happening? I know. How are you going to live a place at a year and not have any issues yeah. as soon as you buy the place? Dang it. At the time of the purchase, there was something that the Lees didn't know. Now, I'm not going to say it was a secret, but I'm going to say it was something that could have been told to them that was not told to them. Now, see? (laughs) The previous owner had experienced some paranormal activity there. He didn't share his experiences, though, because he said that he thought he would be ridiculed. Oh, I mean, I can understand that. So, as in most of these cases, things started off kind of small. Beth said she remembered it when it all started. She says they came home one day, and it was like the 4th of July in the living room, according to her. Lights were flashing on and off, and sounds of people stomping on the roof. She said they could hear rattling chains as they lay in bed at nighttime. Yikes. Electronics, electronics and appliances would turn themselves off and on. And they said they could probably have you know, found reasons for some of this stuff, like faulty wiring or something like mm-hmm. that. Unfortunately for the Lees, it took a turn for the worse. Now, the two boys that were living there, their two sons, they started to see shadow figures in the woods and in the house. Can't really explain that away. No, you cannot. Then, the whole family started smelling some type of a a chemical smell that burned their eyes, their nose, their throat, and their ears. What the heck was that, I wonder? We may have an answer later in the show. Okay. Guess I'll have to wait. So (laughs) he figured someone was either playing a prank on him or that somebody was pissed off because they wanted that property and they were the ones who ended up getting it. Because it was apparently was a pretty prime piece of property. Okay, so then somebody did else what did want it. But Well, that's what he's thinking. I mean But yeah, but they've already lived there a whole year. Right. So why would anybody Yeah, that's true. You know, it I didn't really buy too much into that either, but that was still his thoughts. Well, at, yeah, you're reaching. At, at the time stuff started happening, that was his thought. Well, I mean, I would be reaching for things, too, to explain, you know, some right. of that creepy crap that's going on. Everything everything that you could um, keep your mind off. Maybe you yeah. got a demon or something in your yeah. house. So he went out and purchased some state-of-the-art camera equipment and had it all installed so he could have some surveillance. He had motion detectors and video surveillance. So he wanted to know what was going on on his property. The motion detectors would frequently go off with no one or no thing showing up on the cameras. Hmm. There were 62 different occurrences with absolutely nothing to show what caused the disturbance over a four-year period. Police were called to the house on 45 different occasions 
and eventually stopped responding to the calls because they got called for basically what they felt like was a waste of their time. Yeah. 45 straight times. Oh, So man. then when the calls started coming in, they're just like, well, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, kinda that su- it kind of sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of sucks. What if something was happening and they didn't come? I know, like, at my workplace, if we have an alarm go off, and sometimes it'll happen because a motion detector gets set off on the inside for uh-huh, whatever reason. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like we would have a plant, like a tall tree. Yes. That was sitting in front uh, or right below a vent. vent. Mm-hmm. And the wind would come out of the vent, blow it a little bit, and it would set out the motion detector. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, occasionally that happens. But if we have that happen and the police come out and there's not a break-in, they give us one warning. They send us a letter and say the next time we're being charged. You gotta be kidding no. me! Like we've got some control over some of that. Oh. One time we had a cat inside. They got locked in the building somehow, mm-hmm. and it was setting off the motion detector. I mean, I mean, you don't. How are you supposed to know that? Right. But just anyway, so, so that I could see kind of where they're coming from. So Steve's answer was he's gonna go out and get even more cameras, and he wanted to put these actually inside the home where most of these were outside the home before. Okay. Because he's going to catch, you know, he wants to catch something. He don't know what, but he's going to be planning on catching something. What he was able to catch were some orbs, strange beams of light, and some apparitions that appeared to have faces. Ooh, very cool. So Fate Magazine in 1994, we've talked about Fate a few times. matter of fact, mm-hmm. some of those, those three books that we have were all based from Fate Magazine. Mm-hmm. They posted a bunch of these pictures in 1994 from what he caught. So now some of his stuff actually has been um, published, and you can actually find most of these online. So I wonder what the police said about that. They don't care. Oddly enough, the family started to hear orchestra music. That's very random. They're in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that's random. And they hear orchestra music. So at this point... They're now concerned that something was happening of paranormal nature. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like now it's just something going on, you know, from neighbors or yeah. pissed off people or whatever the situation is. There's a few places in the house that were a little more active than others. The living room was one of them. The master bedroom was a huge one. And then there was a wall right next to their satellite dish that kind of stood out as far as activity. Kind of odd. Maybe you just like to watch TV. I don't know. Or maybe just whatever's being drawn in from the satellite Mm -hmm. is something that attracted them. Who knows? In 1995, since nobody else was seeming to help them, the police didn't give a damn, they called the TV show Sightings. Now, Sightings was really just taking off. Mm -hmm. And I, I loved that show so much. There was nothing like that on TV back at the time. Now there's a thousand different ghost hunter shows and there's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But back then, this was the only show that came on on a regular basis that covered paranormal stuff. And if you remember, you know, the Sally House deal, they're the ones, the sightings is the one that had the Pikmins on there from yeah. the Sally House. And the scratches and stuff appeared on him right in front of the camera while sightings was there. So here's another situation where sightings is actually out there. And that's another reason why I said that I was kind of early in the show. I said I was unaware of this this um, story, uh-huh. and I was kind of surprised after you know seeing that it was on sightings because I watch sightings religiously. So I, I'm surprised that I do not remember this 
I don't know if it was an episode I missed, but you're you're going to see sightings was actually there twice. Oh, really? so I don't know how I missed it, or because of the fact that it was, you know, twenty five years ago. Oh yeah, but maybe you just don't remember. But anyway, so the crew arrives and they start picking up on things immediately. They bought in a medium, and you're going to love this. This was a, a little pleasant surprise by the name of Echo Bodine. Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, Echo. And for those of you who are Patreon subscribers and listen to the shorts, we've got a book from Echo Bodine that uh, her and her brother would travel around. He was a medium. She was a medium. And they would travel around and investigate places together. And she put out several books. But one of these books were little uh, short stories of hauntings that uh, her and her brother investigated. So we had just recently discovered her within the last couple months yeah and we're fascinated by her and then i look up the story and lo and behold she was the medium that came out so pretty awesome anyways she's out there and she says that there was a threatening male spirit that was in the living room and get this 20 other spirits in the house minimum party she said that the um, otherworldly activity in this house was monumental from anything that she had ever researched at this time. And she had been doing this for a very long time at this point. Already. Man, I want to know what's happening there. You're getting ready to find out. So during one of the segments that were being filmed, Echo and the Lees were sitting at the kitchen table. Beth said she felt like someone was holding her down. At the same time, the producer of the show said that she felt something go inside of her as if she was being possessed. Cool. <laughs> she, hmm. said, she said that her chest, her arms, and her legs all became numb, and she didn't feel normal until she was far away from the house. Dang. So I we, mean, you mean she still felt like she had the spirit inside of her? This was during the time she was having the spirit. This was all this happening at the same time. wonder what the heck that feels like, for real. I think it would feel like you can't feel your arms and your chest and your legs. Okay, that's what you just said. I get that. Well, that's what she said it felt like, so I thought that answered the question. No. I mean, okay. Go ahead, man. (laughs) So we mentioned that Echo Bodine said that there was at least 20 other spirits in the house. She said that one of these spirits was someone that the family actually knew. The family that lived there? Yes, the Lees. Oh, okay. She said it was the son of a family friend who had died of an overdose. Hmm. Now, there'll be more on this later. The spirit told Echo that he had actually been murdered. So, Sightings was so impressed with everything that went on in this visit that they made a return visit six months later. This time, though, they brought acclaimed psychic Peter James. Do you know who Peter James is? Peter. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Peter James, you've seen him a lot, especially on these older shows. He's the guy that's got, like, white hair, but he's got a big, thick, black mustache. Older guy. I think I would remember him. No, No, I'll show you a picture later. Most people will know who he is. No, He was... See, like, now you'll see a lot of the psychics and stuff that, you know, like Kim Russo and... Uh Uh-huh. And, uh... 
uh, Long Island Medium and all that stuff. Those are the ones everybody knows today. But back 25 years ago, Peter James was the one that was on everything. Oh. I mean, there was a couple others, but Peter James was on everything back then. Must have been that stash. It must have been. So anyways, Peter said that he could immediately feel the pull of psychic, psychic energy as soon as he walked onto the property. One of the things that Peter experienced that wasn't experienced on the trip before the sightings made was a strong chemical odor. Sound familiar? Oh, yeah. So when that happened, he asked the family if the name Howard had any significance to them. This was a name that was very familiar to Steve and Beth. They were visibly overcome with emotion on the TV show as soon as he said it. You see, Howard was a man that they had pretty much known for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And they called him their adopted grandpa. That's how much he meant to them. As they started talking more about Howard, the chemical smell started to make sense. Howard's son, Howard Jr., died of a drug overdose in the 1960s. Remember, um, Echo Bodine... I'm sorry, Bodine, I guess. I don't really know how to pronounce her name. But well, you said Bo- it twice, two different ways. So. Yeah, well, we're covering all the bases. So Echo, we'll just call her from this point on, she mentioned there was the spirit in that house that they knew mm-hmm. that had committed uh, or had died from an overdose that said it was from a murder. Now, Peter James comes in and says, this was Howard's son. Okay. And... That wouldn't mention before, and it didn't click to them before, but now that he mentions Howard, it starts clicking to him a little bit. So what happened to Howard Jr. and his best friend used to go get high all the time, and this was kind of easy for him because his best friend was a pharmacist. So he would steal drugs for the, the two of them to get high on. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, I guess, Howard Jr. died of an overdose, and I don't know if they were trying to say that Howard was killed by his friend, or mm-hmm. maybe it was an accidental overdose, but because his friend gave him too much, that count said as being killed, or what the deal is. But Peter James felt like that Howard Jr. was coming through to them on that property to try to get a message to his father. Okay, so what's the smell, though? Well, I guess just the fact that it was drugs and stuff like that, and that would be like a chemical reaction, and oh. maybe that's, you know, but... I guess that's the whole thing is maybe they're thinking chemical drugs. I don't know what kind of drugs it was, but I mean, if you was to be something like meth Mm -hmm. and you were uh, heating it up or if you was heating up like heroin or something like that, that would put off a strong chemical odor. Oh, okay. And my guess is maybe it was, I'm going to guess it was probably heroin just for that reason. Because if it was like just some kind of pills or something, that wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. But I think there's part of the story that we're not being told, but that's the that's what I got out of it anyway. Steve was very emotional about all this, and he had to take a few minutes to compose himself. He said there was no way on God's earth that Peter James could have known about Howard. I mean, this is pre-internet and all yeah. this stuff. So. That's interesting. Now, since sightings have been to the house, there have been several psychics and paranormal experts check out the home. One of these was a Hopi shaman, and I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong. It's, I guess that's like a, a Native American or something, but mm-hmm. it's Hopi, H-O-P-I, shaman, who felt that the property was located on a rainbow vortex. And that basically means it's a gateway between the living and the dead. Oh. 
The shaman wasn't the only one who felt like this, though. Several paranormal experts agreed that the Black Forest is one of the few places on Earth that connects our own world with the next world. What the heck? So the closet in the master bedroom is thought to be a portal to the other side. What we haven't discussed yet is that that room also has a hundred-year-old mirror in it. That mirror has had several pictures taken of it that show apparitions and floating faces (laughs) within the mirror. There have been several people that have tried to debunk what's transpired here at the house, one of which was a state senator who came by, did some poking around himself, and the other was an electromagnetic expert. Both of these men walked away as believers. Wow. I'd like to see that some of those pictures. They're up there. That's some of the stuff that like that was on uh, Fate Magazine and stuff. So we talked earlier about the pics that Steve got, such as the beams of light and the apparitions. There are only two other places in the entire world that have uh, photographed phenomena similar to what's been found in the Black Forest. One of which is in London, England, and the other is in Arizona. No kidding. Yeah. The home was put up for sale in 2013, but there are reports that Steve ran, ran people off, and we're going to tell you about that in a minute, in 2016, so at least as of 2016, he was still living there. And from everything that I've seen, he's still living there today. Oh, no kidding. So they, they moved in there in 1990. Yes. So they've been there for 26 years. Some of the things that I know about that have happened recently, and I mean within the last five years, are doors opening and closing. Appliances still turn themselves off and on. Objects either disappear or they find them hidden somewhere. They still have alarms going off and on for no reason. And, of course, there are still shadow figures and disembodied voices. Red, yellow, and white lights are often seen there. So it's not like a the orb situation. It's like beams of light, almost like the Christmas thing that yeah. we shine on the house. That sounds pretty. There's also a few distinct apparitions that can be seen on a regular basis. There's a little old lady, a little girl, and this big burly kind of gruff guy that they say that has clothing that looks like it's from the 1800s. My favorite, though, is a flying dog. No. (laughs) Maybe it's a pug. It could be Pugasus. I don't know. (laughs) And, of course, they still get faces in the photography that they do in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. They've got hundreds of these pictures. Hundreds. With faces and stuff in them. So, I guess they just pretty much accepted that that's just the way it is. At this point... So what's causing all this? Well, you might be surprised, but Steve does not feel like, and he's never felt like, that it was paranormal. What else could it be? Well, Steve believes that the government is to blame for terrorizing his family for all these years. He's told reporters in the past that he's felt like from the beginning that his cabin was near a government facility out there in the woods and that they did top-secret experiments at this facility. He's claimed that he's seen security guards dressed all in black lurking around his property, armed. He thinks all this activity that he's seen is some kind of a mind-control experiment. Just, I guess, trying to see if they can make them see or feel a certain way. Oh, 
I thought you might. I and the government's said, done that before. Yeah. They've done mind I thought control I'd try to run them off, run them out or something. No. He thinks the government's testing biological weapons over there and psychic warfare and mind control and laser holograms. Mm. He feels like all this stuff's going on. He contacted the FBI about all this and tried to get them uh, involved and to kind of do some investigating, but basically was told that they had no interest in investigating it. That only led him to think... That that was true. That's even more. That's why they don't want to look into it. Steve said, I truly think the U.S. government has had a hand in this. I don't think any one individual could get away with this for the period of time without getting caught. The government does testing out there that has military implications. Hmm. I mean, that would explain a lot. It would. Now, I definitely wouldn't advise anybody who might live out in the Colorado Springs area to go try to find this house because Steve doesn't really take well to uh, unannounced visitors showing up. Uh, And like we said, he's got plenty of video surveillance that Mm -hmm. he still keeps an eye on. In May of 2016, I told you that somebody came to property and we were going to revisit that a little bit. A man tried to check it out, and Steve and one of his sons chased him off with a tire iron. <laughs> <laughs> so, But, I mean, I can kind of see maybe the other stuff, but what about the faces in the mirror? How they how they pull that off? Well, that holograms. That might be part of the hologram thing that he's talking about. Hmm. Who knows? That's crazy. And I, I tried to do a little bit of research to see if I could find any government facilities that were out there, but... There, I, I couldn't find anything, so I don't know if there's actually something out there or not. He he made it like it was a matter of fact that it's something you could just walk up to if you really wanted to, you know. And I know like John Johnny L. Tenney tells a story on his podcast where he went. There was like people felt like they were abducted. Um, and I can't remember where the location was, but they they went up in these deep in these woods, and there was he said there was like a fence up, and it was military. And there was this building looked like it hadn't been used in a while. And then he went back a couple of years later and it was all gone. So he don't, you know, it's, it's, there's been people before talk about government locations popping up and then just disappearing randomly. When, oh, wow. That's crazy. So. You know, I mean, I get it that people like to be kind of far away from people and, you know, live in the woods or whatever. I just don't think I could. I don't think I could do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just too creepy. I get it. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be peaceful, and you shouldn't have to worry about (laughs) things, but it's not. So, Tracy, I'm going to have you read our Patreons and iTunes reviews. We had a bunch of them right after this quick commercial break. All right. Our iTunes reviews this week, Willie Peen, Nero Zen, Stephanie Green, Gypsy Moon, A Bubba of Kentucky, Brit and R, Hen Man Outdoors, <laughs> and struggling? Robbie Girl. Huh? Are you struggling? <laughs> I was struggling there for a minute. I don't know why. Um, thank you guys for your reviews. They were so nice. I appreciate them so much. Just love you guys. You don't even know. Our Patreons this week was in Raleigh, Callie, Domingo, Keith. Rodenbucker, and I know I said that wrong, Keith. Please forgive me. It could be Butcher, and we could have butchered, butchered your it. name. Uh, and Laura Gunnels. We love y'all. You just don't know. We do. We do. We love you and appreciate you all more than you will ever know. And uh, like I said before, we're very blessed. 
and uh, very happy to have you all a part of our lives, and I hope you hang with us for a while. While we're on the subject real quick, we had a couple of people in the group mention, uh, we've always been candid with you guys. We tell you guys everything that goes on, why we do stuff. So we switched to a new host, and the new host um, adds commercials. Now, we do get some say-so as to where they go, and that was one of the reasons that we went there is because things won't cut off sentences or uh, anything like that. So when you hear us do something like, after this commercial break, that's because we can say that's where we want it. Right. Um, But this gives us an opportunity to possibly go full-time somewhere down the road. You know, we took that first step a while back, and in order to be able to fully quit a job and to keep doing what we're doing and even add more to the show, as you see, we've already added a second episode, and there may be a third of some sort somewhere down the road. But in order to do that, we would like to be able to not work. It's no secret that Tracy and myself both have health problems, and there would be very nice if we could just concentrate more on health and not have to worry about going to work, blah, 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 blah. Look, we're no different than anybody else. Everybody's got to work, and but we can make this a full-time job, and that this switch will help us do that. Unfortunately, that switch means that there's more commercials. Um, you know, there's some at the beginning, there's some at the end, and we put a couple in the middle, but that's kind of what we had to do. What we did do, though, to try to compensate for that is we put ad-free episodes up in Patreon now. And if you're a dollar a month supporter, you get all that ad-free. I know that's not free, and it's, but that's not a ploy to be able to say, oh, now we're making people go to Patreon. That's not the ploy. It's still there for free. But we're saying for as little, little as a dollar, we're at least giving you the opportunity to get away from the commercials. Mm-hmm. And the $50 thing that we're doing next month for Lifetime, that gets you completely away from the commercial. So we're doing what we can to try to give back to get away from some of that. So it's it's uh, not the ideal situation. Nobody likes commercials. I don't like commercials. But, hey, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. If it gives us the opportunity to maybe be able to just live life and, and not be so pressured all the time, pressure plays a... A heck of a, a lot on health situations. And, you know, I would like Tracy more than myself to be able to eventually get away from her job so she can focus solely on her health, if that makes sense. So that's part of why we do this. It's not a beg for money. It's not a plea. But it was a step that I felt like after some recent um, visits to the hospital and some talk about diabetes that we had to take some steps to be around each other more so I can take care of her, if that Aww. makes sense. I love you, honey bunny. So we've got plans, you know. And and like I said, people, I've, I've, I've had people say, well, why are y'all doing the $50 thing? Just out of curiosity, what, what's, what's the, the beauty of that? Aren't you cutting yourself out of money in the long haul? Probably. But it gives us a chance to maybe get a little nest egg together all at once to where maybe we can make this a full-time thing. So if that makes sense. Okay. So, anyways, that's why we're doing it, basically. It's almost like a GoFundMe, but you get something from it. We're basically selling you something at a cheaper rate. It's like when a company (laughs) goes public or something like that, and they share off, you know, sell part of the company for their shares. We're just basically doing the same thing. And then hopefully, you know, it it goes over well, but we can put a little bit of extra in the bank and, and then just go from there. But that's why we're doing it. That's just the truth of it, you know. So, anyways, that's what we got. We appreciate all of you guys, and and uh, 
we're trying to make the show a little bit louder. So these commercials that do come up, because that's what actually started this conversation, is somebody mentioned these commercials are way louder than the show. Yeah. So we'll we'll get it straight. But right now we're trying to record the show louder so the commercials are the same level so we're not blasting people out when the commercials come on. Because we don't have any control over how loud the commercials are. But we can control this part and make it a little bit louder. So as usual, we love your feedback. And we never have a problem with somebody saying, hey, we don't like this. or We don't, um, you know, and that's what we got. We got that on the group. Somebody was saying, hey, the commercials are just way too loud. And until we hear from you guys, we don't usually know. Mm-hmm. So I don't listen to our shows because I'm tired of me talking. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't hear it. <laughs> but I have heard it on other shows. So I do get exactly what people were talking about when they said it. So hopefully this one's better. And if not, just write us and tell us it still needs to be a little louder and we'll fix that part of it. So Sounds good. Thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you Wednesday. And Wednesday, trust me, you're going to love this. We've we've had him on before, but we've got Keith Linder from the Bothell Hell House. That was one of our um, interviews that got the most acclaim. People just absolutely loved it. They loved the story. He's the gentleman, if you don't remember it, that um, Ghost Adventures came out to the house, him and his wife or, or girlfriend, and Zach had kind of a run-in, then Zach went out and said they didn't find anything at the house, and it caused a big stir. Well, he's got a second book out, and he comes on for about an hour and tells us everything that's happened after uh, he moved out of the house and all that. Fascinating. Enjoyed it. And we're going to put that out uh, next Wednesday, but probably Tuesday I will put out the uh, the first interview again so people who haven't heard it can hear that one before the new one comes out. But you guys are going to like this one, trust me. All right, guys, we'll see you on Wednesday. Bye, guys.